You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Saturday, January 20th. I am still like red in the face because the 49ers just won in dramatic fashion against the Green Bay Packers. What was the score? 21. And I honestly, I cannot believe it. Like, if you had told me like before this game that the 49ers were going to win, I would have believed you. And I would have believed that the 49ers won this game by like over 10 points. Like that's what I had been predicting all this week. You guys know this. But if you guys told me that it was going to be a really close game, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you guys told me after the first half with how terribly the 49ers looked to start this game on both sides of the ball, and you told me that the 49ers ended up winning this game, I wouldn't have believed you. But the 49ers did what they hadn't been able to do, and that was come from behind in a big moment, big game. Brock Purdy, for one, leading the 49ers in the fourth quarter to a game-winning drive. Christian McCaffrey, credit, lots of credit for that one because, you know, I'll talk about Brock Purdy and his, his game in a moment, but Christian McCaffrey was big in that drive as well. And the defense. The defense did what they needed to do in the second half, including that game-sealing interception from Dre Greenlaw in the clutch. It's kind of crazy because Jordan Love, who, like, he, the first half, he was having a great game, but Jordan Love, in the fourth quarter, needing a comeback drive, throws across his body for a pick. Where have we seen that before? Where have we seen that before? I know Brock has done that a few times, and it's resulted in 49ers losses. Resulted in a Packers loss today. Look, I got to give a lot of credit to the Packers as a whole because, like I said, this whole week, I was not expecting, I was not expecting at all, like, the Packers to come out the way they did. I kept saying, Man, the 49ers are not the Cowboys, and they're not because they ended up winning this game. But, I mean, the Packers held on, man. The Packers, especially in, like, the first half, like, they did what they needed to do, and they kept this game close the entire time. It's kind of crazy because the the Packers game kind of went how, like, you would have thought. <laughs> you would have thought the 49ers game did. Everyone was worried about Jake Moody. I know one of his kicks got blocked in this game but everyone was worried about Jake Moody possibly missing uh, a kick instead he nails a, a 50 plus yard kick in this one and it's the Packers rookie kicker who misses in the fourth quarter no less so this is crazy and um Neocon uh Sitch asks he playing next week who Debo man that I mean that's a big one Debo Samuel being out and that's another that's another reason to feel good about this win if you're a 49ers fan. I know it wasn't the best game from the 49ers standpoint, but you didn't have Debo this entire game. Every single game that the 49ers did not have Debo had resulted in a loss. And from the moment this game started, they didn't have Debo. I'm I mean they only had him for for a couple plays, 
and there were good plays from Debo. And, you know, so I'm I'm kind of we got to see what happened with Debo. It's a shoulder injury. That's all we know. He missed a couple weeks with the shoulder injury. Um, and so hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's going to be good to go for next week, but we just don't know. Something we got to keep an eye on for Debo. The other thing of this game that we hadn't really seen the 49ers perform well in, the rain. It rained virtually like pretty much the entire game. And it was really coming down in the fourth quarter there, especially for Jordan Love um, in that last drive. But the 49ers, it wasn't pretty. It definitely was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but they got it done in the rain without Debo making a fourth quarter comeback. I mean, they answered a lot of questions that we had about this team. Now, again, I'm not too uh, crazy about the way that it went down, about the fact that it was so close. All right. But it's also, you know, I got to give the Packers credit. It's playoff football. They, you know, they came up for the moment. They kept kept it competitive the entire game. And the 49ers were able to do what they needed to as a team who has experience in the playoffs. They got it done. Um, so they move on to the NFC Championship game next week. Probably Sunday, right? Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see who the 49ers have to play. We'll find out at some point tomorrow. But let me get to some of these comments. Shout out everyone in the live chat right now. Let me know how you're feeling. I really want to know how you guys are feeling because uh, I know how you uh, you got uh, how I'm feeling. Melissa says, uh, my guys came up big. Yeah, Melissa is a big Jawan Jennings and Trey Greenlaw fan, and they did come up big in this game. Jawan Jennings had a few uh, nice plays. He had the catch of his life. Um, on a play that ended up, you know, not really, uh, I think the 49ers uh, got a field goal on that drive, didn't get too many points, but Dre Greenlaw um, came up big, two interceptions in this game, and he played incredible. I mean, I want to go look at the at Dre Greenlaw's stats for the day. He had eight tackles, two, pass def- two passes defended, a tackle for loss, and the two interceptions. I mean, he was he was lights out. I know you say what you want about the defense today. I mean, say what you want. They might've come out flat, but Dre Greenlaw came to play. He came to play. And that's exactly what the defense needed in all the moment. Like as clutch as you can get was Dre Greenlaw today. Technique. She said Greenlaw had the game of his life after being questionable with Achilles tendonitis, man, I knew he was going to play. I knew he was going to play, um, but I'm glad he got that rest. Clearly, it was great for him to get that rest, and he was ready to go, as was D'Amador Lenore. Lenore had a great game. Before I get too excited, though, before I get too excited, of course, I'm really happy about the outcome of this game. But while we're talking about the defense, I was reminded about about something. Ambry Thomas. Yo, what's going on with Ambry Thomas, man? Very early in the game, Ambry Thomas had a pass interference penalty. It was third and six. Uh, The Packers got 13 yards out of it. It put them on San Francisco's 13-yard line in scoring position. And I, I I mean, I kind of, not in the argument, I didn't get in an argument with anyone, but someone like in, in my mentions on Twitter was like, man, like Emery Thomas sucks. Like he's the weak link on this defense. And I kind of defended him. I was like, man, like, after the bye week, having Avery Thomas come into the lineup instead of Isaiah Oliver, 
you know, really helped this defense get out of that, you know, three game losing streak. And, you know, it did, it did in the regular season, like Ambry Thomas, he looked good, but early in this game, he looked bad and it looked like Jordan love and, you know, Mike, Matt LaFleur, it looked like their plan was to attack Ambry Thomas early. And I didn't see too, too much egregious out of him, like in the, in the fourth quarter. So maybe he tightened things up. I don't really know, but boy, the second pass interference penalty from Amber Thomas really pissed me off. It really pissed me off. It was third and 15. It was third and 15. He was in position to, to make a play on the ball, like at least get his hands on it. He was in position. Like, it's not like, uh, was it Jaden Reed on that one? It, it's not like he got like outright beat. He was in position still to make a play on that ball. And instead he just like mugs the dude straight up hugs him. And that put Green Bay on the 19-yard line. They were able to score. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Ambry Thomas. Like, maybe it's a confidence thing. That's kind of been his issue on and off throughout, you know, the his career. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a topic later in the week because we're still happy right now. And I'm going to keep it positive. I'm going to keep it positive right now for now. All right? Yeah, Melissa said that game aged me. Me too. I, I You know what? It's been a while since we've had like a game like really stress inducing like this. And I was hoping to God that it would not go to overtime because I don't know if my my little heart could take it. And, you know, thankfully it did not. You know, I was I was feeling good about it, though. I was feeling good about the defense, especially in the second half. You know, going into the second half, what was the score? Like um, it was six. It was uh, six to seven or seven to six. The 49ers were up by one point. And I tweeted out like uh, the halftime stats. And surprisingly, even though it seemed like the Packers were kind of on a roll, surprisingly, like the stats were very close to each other. If you look at halftime um, between these two teams. And I I mean, I kind of tweeted out like the team that has the best Halftime adjustments after this after this half, they're gonna win this game. And lo and behold, you know, I, I felt like the 49ers, especially on defense, had good halftime adjustments, which shout out to Steve Wilkes because he has. Like he's done that kind of all season. And the first few drives for the Packers, especially that first one, I was like, man, this is the 49ers MO. Like they really try to feel out what the Packers try to do, and they bend don't break. So we saw we did see a lot of that. Of course, we also saw the Packers score. Um, but there was some bend don't break from the 49ers early in the game. Uh, you know, then the Packers got their score. And then going in at halftime, like it was it was just, you know, the Packers scored after halftime, but especially in the fourth quarter, I feel like the defense really understood the assignment and they came up big. And what was really important for the 49ers was to flip the time of possession because in the first half, Green Bay won the time of possession. And I feel like the fourth, let, let's see what it ended up being um, at the end of this game, but looking at the, the team stat, stats really, really quick. So the at the end of the game, the Packers' time of possession, 30 minutes, 19 seconds, 49ers, 29, 41. So it evened out. And that's exactly what the 49ers needed to have happen 
in this game because in the for- first half it got kind of out of hand. And I know the 49ers were rested, but like you don't want your defense out on the field that much. That that's kind of what contributed to like the snowballing early for them. Um, but even just looking back, looking at the team stats right now, there's a lot of it really tells you how close this game was from every facet. As far as first downs go in this game, the Packers had 20. The 49ers had 19. Um, the total plays ran 62 from the Packers, 64 from the 49ers. Total yards, 330 from the Packers, 356 from the 49ers. Um, this might have been where things evened out for the 49ers and they kind of got the edge. 49ers had 10 third down conversions in this game. They were 10 and 16, which isn't great because you have 16 chances uh, at at a third down and they get um, 10, they convert 10. um, And the Packers were seven of 13. And like I said, the, the Packers were converting a lot of third downs, especially in the first half, but that the defense again, got better at that as the game went on uh but let me go back to comparing like these two teams 10 total drives from both teams each team had 10 drives in this game uh 5.3 yards per play for the Packers 5.6 yards per play for the 49ers and here's here's where like it it started to swing the 49ers way a little bit especially in the second half 194 passing yards for the 49ers I mean sorry for the Packers 245 um, for the 49ers and if you compare both quarterbacks Brock Purdy was 23 of 39 holy shit Brock Purdy passed the ball 39 or like he tempted 39 throws that's crazy I'm sorry but in a game where you have Christian McCaffrey like yo I mean Christian McCaffrey had 17 carries but man 39 <laughs> 39 throws I mean I guess I guess Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy, I guess. Um, And Purdy had 252 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Love was 21 of 34, 194 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. Uh, And surprisingly, so the one thing that I was kind of worried about is the, the 49ers rushing defense. And sorry, I'm not looking at these comments right now. Like, Lot, lot going on right now. If you want me to see your um super, your comment, please send a super chat because there's just like so much going on right now. Um, the 49ers hadn't allowed in a hundred yard rusher since like Halloween of 2021, and Aaron Jones had 108 yards today. All week, all week, I was very confident in the 49ers being able to stop the run of the Packers and you know ultimately they they stopped the Packers when they needed to um but I was I was surprised Aaron Jones got over 100 yards I I I really was um so I guess credit to the Packers uh for being able to run Aaron Jones all week like I had been hearing that's the key for the Packers to win this game is Aaron Jones and it was the key for them to make this a competitive game for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, that, that was a bit of a surprise uh for me. And George Kittle, uh leading receiver today, four catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Um, yeah, man, just what a what a day. What a day. 
Let me get to uh, some of these comments. Um, yeah, Technic Sheik. He did have a big run. I think like it, it was 30-plus yards for Aaron Jones on that one. And that's the one that put him over 100 yards. Uh, you really didn't hear much from him after that. Um, John says CMC should have a minimum of 20 carries every game going forward. I agree. Like, I mean, I can't really complain too much. The 49ers did end up winning this game, but I was surprised, like, off right off the bat that they didn't run the ball as much just because you have a defense in the Packers who, coming off a short week, you know, some of their players played up to 75-plus snaps the week prior, again, on a short week. And I thought, like, what better way to test their defense early than to run the football? Um, and then when Christian McCaffrey does find his space, he could take he could take it far. <laughs> I mean, he, he makes a few guys miss. He, he wiggles a little bit. Like, I tweeted that earlier. I was like, man, the way that Christian McCaffrey, like, manipulates and moves his body have you guys seen his off-season workouts they're ridiculous and that it's the perfect example of off-season workouts translating to the field and you really see it so Christian McCaffrey one of one um shout out it's Seamus thank you for the donation uh he says Steph thank you for being a relatively level head to hang on to on Twitter while Kyle spent three quarters living up to his sometime nickname of the arsonist today was tough but we're still in it you know I mean it's a game of four quarters right and I know that we were all unhappy with the way that the first half went I mean I certainly wasn't happy I try not to overreact to those things just because it is a full four quarter game and there's a lot left to be played. Uh, you know, things can change and things changed. Things changed in this game. Uh, yeah. The, the time management before halftime was crazy. It was crazy. I'm not even gonna lie to you, Seamus. It was crazy. I wasn't even trying to like, I wasn't trying to tweet about it too much, but yeah, that was, that was definitely interesting for Kyle Shanahan to go for the field goal that ended up getting blocked instead of going for seven. And then they kind of had a rush, which kind of had them settling for a field goal because they didn't even have the time to, to run certain plays that they probably could have. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. I feel like Kyle Shanahan maybe overthought that a little bit. You know, sometimes he tends to do that even still. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't, it didn't end up hurting him. You know, this would be a different game if if uh, who, the kicker's name, Anders Carlson. It would be a different game if he made that kick. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it probably would probably be watching overtime right now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in hindsight, it's all good. You know, Seamus, 49ers are in the NFC Championship. We can breathe a little bit. Uh, we can be mad about Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and his time management a different day this week. Uh, but for now, look, you know, it's vibes. It's vibes. Um, <laughs> look, hey, Purdy. Uh, look, I'm not even going to try to say this username. It, there's a lot. Um, Payne Finland is, is kind of what I'm gathering there. He says, uh, he or she says, Purdy is mediocre, Steph. All right, let's get to Purdy. Let's get to Purdy. This was not Purdy's best game. No, it was not. Absolutely not. I don't know what it was. 
I don't know what it was. I don't want to say it was the rain. I know people were talking about the glove in in the first uh the first what one or two drives. Brock Purdy was rocking the glove. First time he's worn a glove all season. And because of the rain coming down hard, he had to wear the glove. And so people were kind of blaming that for the inaccuracy. I'm not blaming the glove. All right. I'm not blaming the glove. I don't think it was that because we saw the inaccuracy continue as the game went on. And I don't really know what it was. Like, it seemed like if the timing was off because guys weren't getting open when they were expected to be open, that kind of disrupts everything. And Brock Purdy has to hold it on, hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he wants to. And then even when he would find someone open, it was just like inaccurate. So I don't really know what was going on with Brock Purdy today. I'm not ready to call him in like mediocre, but it was concerning. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like it was a concerning performance from Brock Purdy. And I just hope like maybe it was the rust factor. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but whatever the Packers did to, you know, make Brock Purdy hesitate because he was hesitating out there. Other teams going to try to replicate that. And it's kind of the same thing that happened in that Ravens game, except this time, you know, we didn't see Brock Purdy turn the ball over. Although there were two very close um, turnovers that probably should have been hit def- Packers defenders um, right in the hands. But yeah, I mean, not Purdy's best game at all. I, I don't know if it's because like Debo wasn't there or or what. I'm not here about to make excuses for Brock Purdy. I was I thought he was gonna be locked and loaded, locked in and and ready to go uh for this game. I thought he was gonna be sharp. I felt like there were enough like holes in this. Packers defense to that the 49ers were going to try to exploit the linebackers, for example. Um, I think they did a little bit, but, you know, I saw a lot of people point out the fact the 49ers did not throw outside the numbers today. Like there wasn't a lot of outside the number throws. Um, and so I think the only one was the, the one to Chris Conley. Uh, and that was actually, that was a pretty, that was nice. That was nice. That was in the game winning drive. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Sonia here says, unfortunately, rain is Brock's kryptonite and not having Debo really limits their game. I think it's a little of both. Like, I think we definitely saw a few examples in this game of Debo not being there. Definitely like limiting what the 49ers could do. Definitely limits like the, I don't know. Oh, like follow the shiny object. Like the, the 49ers offense like to do a lot of like, they misdirect the defense a lot. And a lot of that has to do with emotion and, and Debo Samuel and the threat of him. Right. And so when he's not out there, they, they lose that, but you got, you got Christian McCaffrey, you have George Kittle, you have Brennan Ayuk. I don't think that's an excuse, like find something. And Jawan Jennings running like a run play. Not that don't do that. <laughs> Give the ball to Christian McCaffrey or something. They even had uh, Brock Purdy having a designed run <laughs> in the second half. So, um, yeah, Joel says our offense is stagnant without Debo. Well, if Debo is going to be out, like we and and we don't know, right? Um, let me look at 
you know, the tweets. Let me check Twitter real quick, see if we got any updates on Debo. Um, I guess Kyle Shanahan did say the only injury is Debo's shoulder from this game. I guess that's good. There's just one injury from this game. I'll take it. Uh, But, you know, we don't really know the severity of it yet. The one thing that kind of struck me was the fact that seeing Debo exit the locker room or the x-ray room, wherever he was exiting, but they showed it during halftime, right? Him exiting that one room. Um, He looked upset. He looked upset to me. And I think hopefully it's not because he knows the severity of the injury. Um, And certainly if the 49ers, if Kyle Shanahan knows the severity, like there could be a reason why he wouldn't want to mention it now. I mean, the 49ers just won a playoff game. You don't want to, you don't want to bring them down uh, quite yet, but I'm really hoping, like I'm really, really hoping it wasn't something serious for Debo. Like I said, he's missed, he missed two games and technically three games. If you count the, Cleveland game uh as you know with that shoulder injury earlier in the year so if he re-aggravated that or if same injury there's there's some risk there but you know the 49ers like I said they don't have an excuse man you got so many playmakers on this team you gotta make something happen and not just that but you have like the one of the best play callers in the league so find answers man if you don't have Debo on the field that's not an excuse Find find some answers out there. Um, yeah, my dad here in the comments. Uh, hey, Dad. He says uh, Purdy's performance has to do with the Packers D. Maybe like I like I said, I gotta re- give respect to the the Packers. I think they played better defensively than I was expecting they would in this game, certainly. Um, and so, yeah, it it could be like that. But that's what I'm saying, like that's something to be aware of because now we're getting into the playoffs and teams, teams are going to prepare for you a little bit better. Teams are going to have better personnel to execute what they prepare for and what they see on tape. So whatever is on tape in that Ravens Browns, now this Packers game that teams are seeing that makes Brock Purdy, like think a little bit longer and makes him inaccurate. Like we saw today, Teams are going to replicate that, whether it's, you know, Tampa Bay, who the 49ers have faced earlier this year, um, and or if it's uh, the Detroit Lions. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I think the Detroit Lions take that game tomorrow, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Um, but, yeah, like, just something to keep an eye on because – Team, teams are definitely going to notice that stuff, and they're going to try to replicate the same type of uh, game plan. Uh, Walked on the Moon says he was doing rotator cuff inter- injury tests. I've done them. Mine has been damaged before. Talking about uh, Debo Samuel, so rotator cuff. That could have been the – yeah. W- I mean, I guess we didn't get, like, specifics on the injury that he suffered earlier in the season. I think it was – they just kept saying shoulder, shoulder. So I don't know if it was specifically like rotator cuff, but I guess that's your that's your shoulder. So um, Travis Hortman says, I think uh, Green Bay is better than Detroit and Tampa. Next week, they'll game plan without Debo, play on a dry field, and look much better. You know, Travis, like I, I, I kind of agree. Like their Packers offense definitely – Definitely, I think, better than Detroit and Tampa, at least right now in the season. You know, like, well, quarterback. I'll say 
I'll say the Packers quarterback, Jordan Love, uh, was awesome for much of today, most of today, the first half especially. Um, and I think he's better than Jared Goff, and I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. Uh, so I guess you can hang your hat on that. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, it's the playoffs. Team's going to play you hard every single week. And I guess, like, we as fans have to realize that too. Like, we can't just assume the 49ers are going to curb stomp everyone. <laughs> that was the regular season, all right? This is a whole new ball game. And maybe it was good the 49ers got this little wake-up call because they were fresh coming into this game. There's no reason to not feel good about the 49ers in this game, given the fact that they had the bye week, they had the rest, healthiest team going into the playoffs, you know? but. It, it still was a close game. So, yeah, there were a lot of slips in this game as well. Rain definitely played a factor. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't. But I'm just going to say, like, that's not an excuse, right? Because the rain and the slipping seemed to affect the 49ers way more than it did the Packers. So whatever the Packers did to prepare for the rain, if they did it all, like, at their cleats, I don't know. And even going into the game, uh, you know, Matt, Matt LaFleur was like, man, we're from Green Bay. Like, <laughs> this rain is nothing to us. Uh, so maybe that's part of it. But, yeah, hopefully next week, you know, another home game for the 49ers. Hopefully rain is not in the forecast for the 49ers because, because they don't need uh, another thing, you know, going up against them like this week. So, um, but, you know, that stat that they showed in the fourth quarter for Kyle Shanahan when he was zero of, what, was it 30, 31, or whatever it was, when trailing by five or more points going into the fourth quarter, or in the fourth quarter, one in 30, okay? One in 30. And by the way, I saw another stat that was, he was one in 31 when trailing by three points in the fourth quarter. And guess who that one win was against? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, and now it's it's two. It's actually two and 30 uh, when trailing by three or more points in the fourth quarter. Both wins against the Packers. So, <laughs> yeah, we came back. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's something to feel good about because that's one thing that we weren't sure that the 49ers could do. And everyone all this season, and you guys might agree, we're talking about the 49ers being like front runners. And like that is their ideal game plan. Their ideal game script is them getting an early lead and <laughs> letting the rest of the game come to them, basically, because at that point, you know, the opposing team has to stop running the ball and they have to go like desperate pass game and it works in their favor but you know this time we didn't see the 49ers have that like favorable game script for them you know because the Packers held on all game all game uh and so I think it was important I think it was important for the 49ers to know that they can do it and it's also important for us <laughs> as fans to know that they can do it and yes the Packers definitely a better team than even I was giving them credit for for sure for sure I was being disrespectful all week man 
All right. Respect. Respect to the Green Bay Packers. I think they're going to be a really good team. I've, I've said it, man. Like, I really I actually really like their team. I like the receivers. Like, they've had some great drafts. Um, this last draft was awesome. And Romeo Dobbs, who had a good game today, he was cool. So they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem going forward. But this just wasn't the year for them, as it wasn't for C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans earlier today. Uh, shout out Miko, man. He got something good, too, uh, over there in Houston. But experience wins. Speaking of experience, what did you guys think about Logan Ryan starting that safety alongside Tashawn Gibson? All right, Jair Brown, he was healthy. He could have played in this game. He was active. But 49ers go with experience. If you guys had have been tuning in to my podcast for a few weeks now, I've kind of wondered if that was going to be something the 49ers would do when, especially when Jair Brown went out with injury and Logan Ryan had to start in those games. I was kind of wondering like, you know, Logan Ryan doesn't look too bad out there. I wonder if the 49ers are going to want to play him over Jair Brown, just because usually they do lean on experience and they do lean on veterans um, especially in these like pivotal moments in the playoffs, like historically they've kind of done that. Uh, so yeah, we, we saw Logan Ryan start this game. I didn't, I didn't see anything like too bad from him in this game. Like I said, I think the entire defense and the entire secondary in the first half was like, oh, man, like, what are you guys doing? But you know, at the end of the day, maybe Logan Ryan was a, a better play than Jair Brown. I mean, Jair Brown, He's awesome. He he was playing some good ball uh, before he got hurt, but he's a rookie too. So there were some growing pains there and there's some learning moments for him too. So, you know, maybe in a sense, the 49ers just weren't re- really uh, wanting to risk that in the playoffs. So I'd expect Logan Ryan uh, to continue starting in the playoffs uh, unless, you know, something unprecedented happens like if he if he starts looking terrible out there or if uh you know an injury happens god forbid the other thing i wanted to mention john feliciano ended up getting the start at right guard over um god what is his name not Aaron Banks, spencer burford over spencer burford um, I thought that that was a good move by the 49ers. I think John Feliciano has kind of proven that he's the more stable of the two. And I think as long as they don't rotate those guys, like let one of them get continuity. I think we've seen what Spencer Burford looks like when he gets continuity and it still isn't good. So let's see what John Feliciano looks like with some continuity. Um, I like that. I like that. So hopefully going into the playoffs, he just gets better and better at that right guard spot. And the 49ers could have a little more stability on that right side. Cause there are a few times in this game that Colton McKivitz, man, Colton freaking McKivitz, but you know what? All good. You know why? Cause the 49ers won this game. Uh, Sean Gibson had a nice quote after the game. He said, if you give 13 that time, 13 going to make you pay talking about Brock Purdy. Um, That's nice of him (laughs) to say, you know, that's a confidence building type of quote, Uh, especially for Brock. You know, he didn't have a great game in this one, but you know, he still has his guys behind him and 
he he did what he needed to do in in that final drive uh, that that got him the lead. So I think that's exactly how you end a not so great game. Um, and again, shout out Dre Greenlaw, man. Love that guy. Um, he's gonna have more big plays, more big games, I think, in the coming weeks. And I said weeks because god damn it, if the 49ers don't make it to the Super Bowl, I might turn into Skip Bayless over here. <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this post-game show. Sleep well tonight because the 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. All right, sleep well. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel because, of course, there's going to be a lot of playoff content, another week of it to come. So make sure you guys subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you always know when I'm going to go live. All right, I promise it'll be good. And... Yeah, man, just enjoy the rest of this Saturday. Enjoy tomorrow's games. I know I am because I'm not going to be worried about my team, all right? We're just going to find out who the 49ers are playing. And I'll be going live after that Bucks and Lions game once we find out who will be playing. So, again, make sure you guys keep it locked on the channel. Steph49K, I'm out. Peace.